been an interesting offseason for the Arizona Cardinals. And I think a day before the draft, we need to take a breath, step back, and have some damn positivity. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Here we go. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. You know the drill. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get 50 bucks off 500 bucks. Use code Locked On at checkout. So I've got a little bit of a different idea for what I want to talk about today. First of all, I'm going to Tarantino it. Third segment, Eric Crocker from Locked On 49ers. And more importantly, at this point, Locked On NFL Draft is going to join me in the third segment to give his thoughts about the where, where the Cardinals should look at 23 overall, whether it be Zion Johnson, a corner, edge rusher, whatnot. He is a guy that's been around the game for a long time, played in the NFL, played in other spots, played other semi-pro and pro football the dude knows a lot about football. I'm going to ask him about the 49ers too. Like what separates the Cardinals from the 49ers? Because what we saw last year was that the Cardinals had an equal to uh, uh, talent-wise roster to the 49ers. And I know with DeAndre Hopkins out and J.J. Watt out, it skewed it a little bit. But what the 49ers have done have won close games. They won a playoff game. They were close. They, I mean, they beat Green Bay on the road. They were in a tight game against the Rams. Like, what separates it? I'm going to ask Croc about that. Um, but I feel like at this point, as we're, you know, whatever, 24 hours, 30 hours away from the first round of the NFL draft kicking off, I feel like we need to take some time for reflection because I've been very difficult to deal with regarding positivity surrounding the Cardinals. I don't apologize for it. I don't think I'm wrong when I speak about it. And I do think that coming from 2018, regardless of who should get credit or not, from the plight of the Cardinals from twenty eighth or from twenty eighteen to now, there needs to be some positivity discussed. Um, I'm gonna kind of look in a Steve Keim lens in the first segment, and then I'm gonna look in a culture uh, perspective in the second segment. And I'm gonna do a couple short segments here because Crocker and I are gonna go. We're gonna go long. We like to talk. We like to talk ball together, and and, and we're gonna go long. So. I feel like even though I think Steve Keim is inept in some capacity regarding the draft and in certain, you know, nuts and bolts, job description details as GM of the Arizona Cardinals, there's still some positivity that should be shed his way. One, even though I think that it was a selfish move to sign Cliff Kingsbury and draft Kyler Murray, it was a selfish move by Steve Keim because he was gambling on the future of an organization to save his job. Now, if Kyler Murray didn't work, and if Cliff Kingsbury didn't work, after one year, two years, like, oh, this is a this is terrible, Steve Kime would have been fired. He would have got a job somewhere else, but he would have left the Arizona Cardinals in shambles. And I feel like that was a very selfish move by Steve Kime, regardless of outcome. But him drafting Kyler Murray worked. And what Kyler has done is kind of changed the landscape of – the funness of watching the Arizona Cardinals. 
even in 2015, they were kind of a fun team to watch. No risk it, no biscuit. I hate that, but no risk and no biscuit. Chucking the ball down the field, hoping for pass interference calls. If the if the long bombs from Carson Palmer, the John Brown, JJ Nelson, Larry Fitzgerald weren't connected, David Johnson touching the ball a bunch of times, the defense playing well, having a great linebacking core, Patrick Peterson in his prime. It was fun, but it wasn't this. It was fun, but it wasn't electric. They put up a lot of points, but it wasn't Kyler Murray. And what Kyler Murray's done is he's completely changed the face of this organization. I call him the oh my God moments. We've seen more oh my God moments from Kyler Murray in his first three years than we've seen in most NFL players' careers. Because, I mean, you know, the average lifespan or the average employment span of an NFL player is less than three years, I think, right around three years. And what Kyler Murray has shown is an ability to play at this level, at an elite level, sports center moments. I know they haven't translated to exactly where the Cardinals and their fans want them to be, but positivity-wise, they've improved every year since 2018. The caveat I will give to this that I continue to give to this is the Cardinals were 23 miles behind a marathon that almost was about to finish. So, yes, 2018, they improved. If they played in 2019, they would have improved from 2018. 2018 was a historically terrible year for any football team in any decade at any time and place. So, yes, they improved by two wins, okay? They were so far behind the curve that they were still behind the curve when they improved after year one. Now, into 2020, going 8-8, eight and eight, Hale Murray, Kyler Murray showing his stripes in the NFL as a second-year player with DeAndre Hopkins, with things that are starting to mature. The defense, you know, stood pat with Chandler with Chandler Jones going out midway through the season. It was difficult, but that was Vance Joseph's best coaching that we've seen was in 2020. After week four, week five, whenever Chandler Jones went out. And then 2021, we saw the culmination of what this team could be. Now, sure, the first 12 or 13 weeks were in a vacuum. Aside from the miscommunication between A.J. Green and Kyler Murray, it was a perfect eight weeks to start the season. The defense played well, excuse me. Kyler Murray was able to scramble, third and 20s, convert, touchdowns instead of field goals, you know, turning the ball over because they were playing bad quarterbacks. Like everything was working in a vacuum. And we saw what the absolute potential of this team could be as currently constructed last year. Now, it didn't end so well, but what we've seen is a natural progression of a young quarterback growing, getting better, and yes, he still has flaws. No, he's not the best quarterback in the NFL. Yes, he still has so much room to grow that there's positivity there that needs to just be acknowledged, appreciated, but not dwelled upon. So I spent seven minutes on it. That is not dwelling on it. That is kind of doing something that, you know, like I struggle at times to balance. I'm not going to sugarcoat something that shouldn't be sugarcoated. And also there's an acknowledgement that needs to take place once in a while to, you know, kind of put things into perspective that this ain't 2018 and that's a good thing. What does the culture look like moving forward? What does this foundation look like? How many cracks are there? How far away are the Cardinals to where they need to get to roster-wise, Kyler Murray leadership-wise, coaching-wise? I'll talk about that next. Locked on Cardinals. First, 
Blue Nile, please focus on. Listen, when so I, I'm looking at I'm looking at our copy and for the live read, and I'm like picturing what Blue Nile puts together. And what is Blue Nile? Okay, whether let's put it this way: whether she, your mom, your girlfriend, significant other, fiance prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom, girlfriend, etc. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Uh, you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Phone, chat, whatever, 24 hours a day to find you, to give you the cliff notes on what you should get for your special someone and find a memorable gift at every budget. Mark Mother's Day was something enduring. Classic diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants, and so much more at BlueNile.com. Celebrating the special woman in your life, okay, are you? On BlueNile.com, you can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every price point. It's easy. It's cliff notes. It's streamlining the process for us, gentlemen. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get 50 bucks off a $500 purchase. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop a stress-free and find your fa- find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Second segment: Locked On Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards, and. Remember, I'm not negative all the time, okay? Like, I, I, I do struggle with this. Like, not struggle with the content I put out. I don't struggle with what I'm going to say. I struggle with wanting to have balance when sometimes there's an absence of balance. When sometimes there's an absence of positive to negative. Okay, sure. I can talk about positive things all the time. I don't think that that's the best way to conduct a podcast personally. Now, that's not to say that others do that or doing a bad job by any stretch, not even close. But I'd rather say uncomfortable things to get people to think on their own than to say, you know what? It's going to get better no matter what. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. They're going to win a playoff game. They haven't stepped too far back this year, blah, blah, blah. Like, understood, and I disagree. And I'm 100% okay with verbalizing, for lack of a better phrase, what I think the Cardinals should do, what they should steer away from. And I know that I'm not GM. So I love those Twitter things. Oh, maybe you should be GM. I draft better. Wouldn't be hard. Okay. It's fun. Come on. But there needs credit where credit is due. Positivity needs to be discussed. And we are 24 hours away, 27, 20, 30 hours away from a monumental pick by the Arizona Cardinals at 23 overall. I'm going to talk with Eric Crocker, locked on 49ers, locked on NFL draft tomorrow or uh, uh, next segment. I'm already looking forward to Thursday. You know, my thoughts are Zion Johnson. You know that's who I want the Cardinals to take because if you can't protect Kyler Murray, none of this is going to work. I think he'd be a plug-and-play, set-and-forget, don't-have-to-worry-about, 
dude who's in his early 20s who could be an Arizona Cardinal for the next 10 years. That's what I want the Cardinals to do. Will they do that? Chances are probably not. And the reason why at this point, if you do your mock drafts, if you're a fiend, do mock drafts now, a draft network or pro football focus or whatever. Zion Johnson is going 15, 16, 17. When I started talking about him at the end of the 2021 season, he wasn't as well known as he is now because of the senior bowl and the combine, et cetera. And he is an upstanding, super smart dude, loves golf. He started, he started playing football late. He just happens to be a large man who ends up being exemplary at his craft, playing a little left tackle, but mainly left guard. And I think he'd be a perfect fit for the Arizona Cardinals. I'll talk to Croc about that next segment. So I gave Steve Kime his due. I, I gave like, and I, I do stand by the fact that Steve Kime gambled on the future of the Arizona Cardinals for his own well-being. And it worked, but if it didn't, that would have been one of the most selfish moves by, by a GM in NFL history. I don't think that's overstating. I don't think that's jumping too far out of bounds. I think that when you hire a guy who has no business being an NFL coach, and that's true. When he was hired, he had no business being an NFL coach. He didn't win in college. That's not a recipe to get you know bumped up to the next level. Kyler Murray, nobody was going to take Kyler Murray at number one overall. Number two, number three. It was Quinnen Williams, Nick Bosa, whoever. But when Bo and I did the show back then, when we did our mock draft, we had Nick Bosa. Like, there's no way they're taking Kyler Murray. And then we hear rumblings from the combine that both of them are spilling their beans that they're taking Kyler Murray, number one overall. It's like, he mortgaged the future of the Arizona Cardinals for his own benefit. It worked, but I still think that's one of the most selfish things that a GM has ever done in NFL history. I do. Now, switching back to positivity here, what the Cardinals have done since 2018 is prove to the NFL that they're not a laughing stock, which is good. That's a good thing. It's not to be overlooked. There are barometers for success for every team has a different barometer of success. Tampa Bay, until they got, until they transitioned into Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston throwing 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions wasn't a horrible thing. They were putting up points galore. And yes, he was a turnover machine. And they were a fun team to watch. So barometer for success, making the playoffs. Most teams in the NFL, even though seven out of 16 teams, almost 50% in each division, make the each conference make the playoffs now, making the playoffs every year is a barometer for success for the majority of NFL organizations. It's a barometer for success. So that's why what we saw last year, even though it was an unceremonious exit, and a back backing into the NFL playoffs for the Cardinals, a lot of fans and a lot of pundits were like, you know what? They made the playoffs. That's a barometer for success for the Arizona Cardinals. They made the playoffs in Kyler Murray's third year, where they were from 2018 through 2021 shows huge growth. I get it. And not all 11 wins in, not all 11 win seasons are created equal. And this is where I had the most friction with a lot of fans on Twitter and elsewhere was just because the Cardinals could win in a vacuum. And we see one or two teams every year go out to sexy, huge, huge starts. Now, it's not always 7-0 and 10-2, and but it's a team that's like, man, like the Steelers two years ago. Steelers, what, won 13 wins, 13 in a row or something? And they're like, okay, look at the schedule. Look at who they played. Look at who was injured when they played them. Look at look at how easily, look at how they squeaked out of these wins and everything. Squeaked out of potential losses and everything. There's a couple teams every year that do that. So, when the cart when it, when the going got tough last year, that's when people's ears perked up. Like when you lose in Detroit, when you have the ability to clinch a playoff spot, and you're in line to clinch the division 
five games out. You're up two games with five games to play, and you end up not being able to clinch a playoff spot on your own, and Sean McVay has to do that for you, that shows a, a crack in the foundation. That's not to say the foundation as a whole isn't made of bedrock. And I know bedrock because I grew up in LA, Northridge fires. I know everything about foundations now. Um, So culture wise for the Cardinals last year was a fantastic step forward because since 2015, the fun year when the Cardinals went 13 and three and they just get embarrassed by Carolina um, on the road by Cam Newton in their magical year. This was the first year since then, six years, that's a long time, six years that there was actual, there was an actual pulse in the desert that team, other teams feared playing the Cardinals. And I've talked about this since 2017. This is the another barometer for what, for how feared you are across the NFL. When the Cardinals started three or four and oh, and they beat the Rams on the road at SoFi and, you know, they had convincing wins elsewhere. They beat Tennessee on the road. Uh, in week one, uh, they shellacked them. Uh, when opposing teams who are playing the Cardinals later on in the season, when you do the green or red or you know W or L, some teams that saw the Cardinals as a win before the season started change it to a question mark or an L if you're projecting the rest of the win-loss record for any specific team that the Cardinals played. That's when you show growth. That's when you show a cultural and structural shift from a team and organization that has been perennial losers. They have been one of the worst organizations since the inception of football. Sure. They won in Chicago. We're not counting that. Okay. Since coming to Phoenix, they've been a bottom feeder with Tampa Bay, with Cleveland. And what we've seen now is a incremental shift in that in an organic fashion. So when I ask people to chill out with Kyler Murray, that's why. This is a natural growth of a young man learning how to play quarterback in the NFL. No, he's not perfect. Yes, he pouts. Yes, he needs to grow up. Yes, he needs to become a little bit more durable. Yes, he needs to learn how to be an NFL quarterback. You're always learning. Always learning. So stop it with the, with this, this vitriol against Kyler Murray when this is how the natural progression of things are supposed to go. You can't look at the outliers. Aaron Rodgers didn't play for the first four years of his career for crying out loud. Kyler Murray was thrown into an organization who could have been like relegated after the 2018 season. They're Leicester City. And Kyler comes in and almost brings them back from a three-score deficit in week one against the Lions at home. This is the natural progression of things. And that's the positivity I'm going to leave you with today. Eric Crocker, Locked on 49ers, but more importantly for this segment coming up next, Locked on NFL Draft is going to talk to me about 23 overall, where he thinks the Cardinals should go, if he thinks Zion Johnson's the guy. We'll talk about it next, Locked on Cardinals. First, though, Built Bar. 19 grams of protein. 17 grams of protein. Four net carbs, four grams of sugar, 130 calories. There were taste tests done by Built Bar. Blind taste test, candy bar, built bar. Built bar would win. It's wild with, you know, 25 less grams of sugar, a boatload less calories, a boatload less carbs, and obviously way more protein than a candy bar. Builtbar.com's got you covered, okay? They're all covered in chocolate. They all taste good. They're like six or seven bites. So you don't have to eat, you know, like a whale's worth to get 17 grams of protein in the morning. 
It's a streamlined way to get you what you need with your coffee on the go, whatever, as you're recording a podcast, whatever you need to do, Built Bar's got you covered. They've got these protein-infused marshmallows. They're called Puffs. They're still good for you. It doesn't make any sense. You should see our Twitter DMs with the Locked On NFL guys. Nobody understands how these things can taste so good, have so much protein, have so much fiber, have low calories and low sugar. It doesn't make any sense, but Built Bar gets it done. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Final segment, Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day. I'm kind of conflicted getting this next dude in here. Uh, He and I get to talk with his co-host, Brian Peacock, twice a year with our crossovers. He is the one and only Eric Crocker from Locked on 49ers. But more importantly, Croc... Locked on NFL draft, Eric Crocker. That's what I'm going to refer to you as. <laughs> Play the yeah. league a bit. He's been around this game. In he's got a front row to the to the to the football to football. You know, for what 15 years, 17 years. This dude eats, sleeps, and breathes football. So I'm going to talk to him about two things: the Cardinals at 23, what he thinks about Kyler Murray and the situation, and. Yeah. Just, I mean, a little a dab into Debo. Let's do a dab into Debo. We're not going to do that right. right now, though. Uh, 23 overall, you and Ryan Tracy do a great job on Locked On NFL Draft. Every day you can check out everything leading up to the draft that's now, you know, 30 hours away. Eric, 23 overall. You have Kyler Murray that wants a new deal. You have so many gaping holes on the, uh, uh, on the roster for the Cardinals. They don't have 22 players that they're going to start yet. I don't think they know who their starters are. For, for 2022 yet. Lost Chandler Jones. The corners are lacking. The offensive line is not where it should be, in my opinion. And the wide receiving core isn't great either. If you're Steve Kime, what's the best move to make it 23 overall to benefit Kyler Murray and this team moving forward? You know, I, I think the best thing, you and I talked a little bit about Zion Johnson, and I, I like Zion Johnson. I think he'd definitely be a terrific fit there. But if you really want to help Kyler Murray, I think what you do is what they did early in last season, man. They played some really stout defense, and they were limiting scores, and that got them out to a big run. I believe what the Cardinals started like 8-0 start the season. A lot of it was, man, that defense was firing on all cylinders. And if you can kind of get to that, now I know it's not a weapon. It's not a running back. It's not a receiver. It's not an offensive lineman. But it might make a guy like Kyler Murray feel like he doesn't have to do everything to keep his team in the games. You know, you've seen the 49ers and they've been playing a lot of games with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback and they've won a lot of games with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. I think most people that watch the games would say, well, they're not winning because of Jimmy Garoppolo, but the defense keeping the offense in games to where, all right, Jimmy just, you know, can you make a few throws at the end of the game to win? And that happens, I think, kind of taking a little bit of pressure off of a guy like Kyler Murray from that standpoint, I think that would be beneficial. So you start to look at it and losing guys like Chandler Jones. J.J. Watt, he's still a Cardinal? Yeah, he is. Okay, so you got J.J. Watt, but definitely looking for someone to play opposite. I like what they've done on the second level with the linebackers that they put in there. but. I, I'm a defensive back guy. I'm a cornerback guy. I want to lean corner, but I don't know if you do that just yet. I think you have to build from the trenches, get some guys that are definitely going to get after the passer. Now, at pick 23, here's the tough thing. 
you don't know exactly who's going to be there. All right. Um, a lot of the top edge rushers in this class, they're going to fly off the board in the top 10. There's going to be about four of them that go. All right. So if that happens, what do you do then? Now, I know a lot of people will say, well, there's George Karloftis out of Purdue, and he's a legit 4-3 in type guy. Could fit also like a 3-4 defense where he's a 3-4 end. He can do that. He's not that speed bendy guy off of the edge that a lot of teams kind of crave. He's You're not going to mistake him for Chandler Jones at all, right? I'm, I'm kind of a, a, a dice roller. And if it's me and this guy's sitting there, which I assume he will be, I'd actually lean more towards David Ajabo. And I know he's coming off of an injury, but I feel like he was a top 15 pick all day, maybe even top 10. He had that type of ability, that type of upside. But he had the injury, and I think that's going to benefit some of these teams that are picking a little bit later. And you want to add a guy that has some real legit explosiveness off of the edge. He has some legit pass rush moves. Again, one year that he did it at the high level that he did, they had a new coordinator come in there on defense. You see him have a great year. Can he do it again? You would like to know that, but just off of the ability and upside that he has and still kind of working to perfect his craft, which misses some of the camp and things like that. You're talking about somebody with high upside and ability. It's it's him. So, again, a little bit of rolling the dice there. And, and, and I know a lot of people, they saw the injury happen in, like, January, February. And they're like, oh, no, you can't get him. Like, he just got, he hurt his Achilles. And it's like, man, yes, you can. Because when you draft a player in the first round, that's not for the first half of the season. That's not even for the first season. That's for every year to come for the next five to 10 years. You want that guy to be a stable in your defense. A guy like David Ajabo, I think he's going to come along. I think he's going to play towards the end of the season. Like everybody just kind of writing them off. You know, you start looking at a playoff push, especially for the Arizona Cardinals. You want that guy that's going to at least come in on third downs and be able to get after the quarterback. He can be that and develop. uh, And then his role can grow as, you know, the years go on. But David Ajabo, People just kind of write them off, man. And I think some team is going to take him in the in the 20s, the last part of the uh, first first round. Why not the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, let me, let me ask you this. At Eric underscore Crocker, check him out on Locked On NFL Draft. And less significant, Locked On 49ers. We're going to get <laughs> we're gonna do two crossovers with him and my boy Brian Peacock. Peacock and I have been around since 2017 together with Locked On Cardinals. It's awesome to watch the Locked On Podcast Network grow. Happy to have Crocker on for the last couple seasons and onwards and upwards. Let me ask you this. So – Steve Kime loves wide receivers under six feet. It's kind of his thing. And Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, I've had Marcus Mosier on from Locked On. He does draft stuff, Locked On Cowboys. Um, I've had uh, a Dane Brugler on, a bunch of big-name draft guys, that, including you, that know a lot more about this than I do. I feel like Steve Kime's going to draft a wide receiver there, whichever one's there. You could have the top five go, and then Jahan Dotson's there. I'm worried about which one's going to be the next Denzel Mims. I'm worried about which one's going to be the next John Ross. When you're looking at 40 times, when you're looking at measurables, and you're not seeing it actually translate to the field. Let me ask you this because you brought up David Ajabo. I was Googling him as you were talking. If you're the Cardinals at 23 and you have Jamison Williams drop because of his ACL and you have David Ajabo drop because of his Achilles, which player will be a better pro? Ooh, we, I, I did think this to yourself bring up David Ajabo because I was gonna ask you this in a different capacity. 
Yeah, I mean, and you know, the funny thing is I actually put out a tweet and I kind of mentioned really just those two guys, Jameson Williams and David Ajabo. And I'm like, the injury wouldn't stop me from drafting either one of these guys in the first round at all. I think they're both going to be big time. I'd say if you, you know, want to know like which guy is going to probably make more, who plays a more impactful position, I'd say it's probably defensive end, but the NFL is kind of changing. I think everybody saw what Debo Samuel did for the 49ers, a team that was, you know, didn't have, I don't want to say they didn't have weapons, but, you know, a team that definitely needed a lot of help offensively. And he was the offense for a lot of the time for San Francisco 49ers. So, I mean, it's hard to say, oh, an edge rusher is more impactful than what you've gotten from Debo Samuel. But I, I don't know. I, I, you asked me a tough question. I don't think you can lose with either one of those guys. I think they're both really good, terrific uh, prospects. And, you know, again, if healthy, I think they both go top 15 for sure. Yeah. Uh, I would lean more towards the defensive guy. But that's tough because Jameson Williams is my wide receiver one, without a doubt. Yeah, that's a because I mean, in, you know, Jameson Williams, like he's gonna go top thirteen, right? I mean, I don't think like it, it could be Garrett Wilson first. It could be depending on fit and scheme and everything. But Jameson Williams ain't dropping a twenty three. I mean, we've seen crazy things happen, but seeing who would be wide receiver one, well, as you mentioned, ACL. I mean, he could be back for what? The playoff push, depending on where he goes, right? Like, if not before, we've seen all this stuff all over, Williams, Instagram, right? all over Twitter. Yeah, uh, he, I mean, he's he, going to be back. I, I think. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing week one. Like, I mean, yeah, he, he's going to be. That's why he's going to be it, back. And yeah. and the Cardinals are. And I think the the scariest environment imaginable is the Cardinals packaging picks to move up to draft a wide receiver. I think with their draft, they only have three. They have a, a pick in the first three rounds. They have a pick in the fourth or fifth. Cardinals fans. If you want to know how many picks that is between the third round and their pick in the sixth round, do a mock draft on normal time. You could eat a sandwich between their picks in the third and sixth round. So you have <laughs> to understand how important it is for Steve Kime to hit in the first rounds. Now we talk draft draft has been saturating, which is great. It's so much fun. We're closer than ever. Let me ask you this pivoting to the NFC West. There is a big gap between the Cardinals and the 49ers in one real specific situation, you know, like, the card, the 49ers and Cardinals have both played poorly for a handful of years recently. Now, the 49ers went from worst to first, made it to the Super Bowl. Emmanuel Sanders, we saw what happened. Okay. And then they, the probably the more impressive run was last year, where they were one solid drive away from making noise that nobody expected them to make because the Cardinals couldn't clinch a playoff spot on their own. And Daddy Sean McVay had to do it for them. Okay. Yeah. So, what's the difference? Now, Kyle Shanahan, I think, and we're not going to get into this specifically because I think Kyle Shanahan gets more credit than he deserves. Look at the record. We don't like, from my perspective, what's, what is the juice between a six seed or seven seed, whatever the hell they were, and getting that S together and winning games in the playoffs? Like, what is it? What is it? I think the 49ers have a terrific coaching staff. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you know, think that's uh, what it is? So so this isn't like, it, it's not just, you know, the lines are better than any other lines in the NFL. Like there's got to be some sort of simplistic, re like that comeback against the Rams was, what the hell are we doing? Or the Rams came, you know, whatever. That win against the Rams was ridiculous. Okay. Like you think it's, so you think that it's Shanahan at all? I think I think that the coaching staff, and not just Shanahan, but everyone that has their hands in it, especially even D'Amico Ryan's, uh, which who he got his ass kicked by the Arizona Cardinals in uh, in San Francisco that that 
the second time they played, right? But for the most part, Miko Ryan was really good, and he's been really good with adjustments. But I think more so than anything, those two guys, Shanahan and D'Amico Ryan's, they do an amazing job of getting the most out of their players. I mean, there have been players that played on the back end and at different times this past season where you're like, who the hell are any of these guys? Matter of fact, I'd say most people couldn't even name the 49ers cornerbacks right now, uh, let alone a safety outside of Jimmy Ward, you know? But they have a core group of players that are really good, and they lean on those guys to set the tone, and then everyone then buys in to whatever the coach is selling. So when they were down and out, three and five, it was looking really bad after that blowout loss uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. Kyle Shanahan was able to keep everything together. And and I think there's a lot that goes into that behind the scenes because I've been on teams where if it starts bad, people kind of, you know, they check out. Mm -hmm. And I think the 49ers coaching staff has done an amazing job of even when they were bad, being extremely competitive, being able to beat the, the Arizona Cardinals, at, at, you know, in 2020, like how with C.J. Beathard? The players are all in on what the coach is selling. And uh, I know it seems simple to say that, but hell, I mean, even if you look back to the first year when they were trying to win games with, uh, gosh, Brian Hoyer and yeah. C.J. Beathard and, and Nick Mullins or whoever the hell else, and I mean – they rattled off six, like five out of six. They won Every six year, out of right? five games at the end of the season. Yeah. They started off really bad. But if you look at that stretch of games when they were losing, they started off like 0-9. They have lost five straight games by three or less points. Like, they've always been very competitive with Shanahan. It's just if he has a quarterback that is good enough to help him, just can you just help me get wins? Then And that's what Jimmy Garoppolo has done. It'll result in a lot of wins. It's just for the majority of uh, Kyle's time as a 49er head coach, he hasn't really had that because of the, a lot of the injuries with Jimmy. So, you know, obviously they went in a different direction with Trey Lance and they're trying to move Jimmy Garoppolo. It's kind of hard because of the injuries and whatnot. But Kyle, he, he's just a really good coach. And I don't know how he does. He's kind of an, an a-hole a little bit. Like he's kind of hard. Like he's kind of a, he is a player's coach, but he's not. He's like really has like an old school mentality. Sometimes you don't think that guys are going to really be able to kind of buy him. But the guys that do are the guys that they need to the most. The Jimmy Garoppolo's, the George Kittles, the Nick Bosa's, the Fred Warner's, the Debo Samuels. And the guys that do that, they they end up playing at a high level and Kyle leans on those guys. So it is a lot of that. At Eric underscore Crocker, locked on 49ers every day, locked on NFL draft every day. Um, if you want to trade coaches, just let me know. I mean, we, we may have, we may have to, you I may have to sell so. me on it. <laughs> You may have to tell me on it, Croc, but uh, we can discuss it. Uh, thanks so yeah. much for joining me, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Make sure to make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen. Ryan Tracy and your boy you're looking at right here, Eric Crocker, every day, Locked On NFL Draft. We are 30 hours away from the draft. If you want all the information you need for all your favorite teams, not just the Cardinals, check them out as your second listen. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.